one, breaker one, this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on, because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for Shark Pants Gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. This is the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we are going to be talking about Beasts of Chaos. But uh, but before we get into all that, thank you very much for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And uh, also, let your friends know about us. Uh, pass our show on to other folks that may be interested in this type of content. Help us grow. It would uh, mean a lot. And uh, we got Gooseneck on. That's right, brother. We are talking Beastie Boys. Absolutely. And uh, and with that said, in tonight's conversation, we are going to be uh, talking a lot about armies and their perspective lists. So uh, if you have a list that you'd like to share, leave it on the chat or the comments section in the, in the show notes below, and we will uh, do our damnedest to uh, get at it. And uh, here we go. So all right, you dice chuck and glue sniffing gamer goons, we are at it tonight. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Beasts of Chaos and joining us. Back on the show, Mr. Bill Stanford. Bill, what do you hear what you say, bud? Man, today is a good day. Weather's cooling down. It's perfect for hobbying. Loving it. Hell yeah, man. That's what you're doing right now. We, so we, we got a we got a little bit of a topic for our for our sniffing glue or staying true, man. You're staying true. You are uh you're like and 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 you're like bona fide one of the busiest guys in the hobby right now. We got proof of that from uh for something we're gonna be showing here a little bit later when we get into the topic. Yeah, it's uh, that was surprising to me as well. <laughs> so looking forward to uh, getting a little bit higher up that list too. I got to be honest with you, man. Praises and accolades to you. I'm a, I'm an old horn man. I've been playing Beast of Chaos when they were originally called Beast of Chaos. Took a little bit of a break from them, but you've really taken over, man. You you really are somebody that is is has caught it by storm. So, um, you know what? We're gonna get into that. But you know what? The show can now officially start because we got Darktron sixty nine there, otherwise known as Big Sexy. There he is, man. He's on the chats. He's with us tonight, and we're gonna be getting at it. So, but Bill, honestly, thanks for being back with us. I mean, show without at least one username with Big Sexy. I mean, that's just stock. <laughs> that's necessary. It, it wouldn't be the same without. Him. We we now we have a reason to go on. Bill, you and I, we can go now. On the, now. now the show can go on. It's not Ab- that it must go on. Now it can go on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but. Uh, I want to thank you very much for being back with us, man. Yeah, I mean, you, this is you, you. You were back on the show back on in May was the last time you were with us, and we, you were talking about Cities of Sigmar back then. Oh yeah, man, it's good to be back. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, uh, just waiting for uh, waiting to hear about the Dawnbringers, what's going on there. So you know, it's funny. Like I said, flipped over to the Beast for the moment. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I, the Beastie Boys. There's always a good time for the Beastie Boys. Um, but you know what? A difference four months can make. You know, I mean, here it is. We're sitting here. We're going to talk about Beast of Chaos, but. We got a different edition, different GHB, and now a totally different army. I mean, Beast of Chaos. From where you where where you were when you were on the show last time talking City of Sigmar, and now here you are talking Beastie Boys. I mean, this is an army that realistically you and I are very familiar with. Albeit recently, you've as we said right at the very tippy top of the show, 
Um, you really have made a name for yourself uh, with that army. I mean, let, let's. I'm not putting you on the spot here, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You went four and one at Armed Forces Day Five. You went two and one at the South Bend RTT, uh, and in general, uh, you you've even made a name for yourself with the Honest War Gamer. You know, due to your activity with the Beast of Chaos. I mean, dude, you're famous. That that, that was the win in my book. Hearing that guy laugh at me. <laughs> whenever whenever you can pull something off, where somebody goes, how? And it makes them giggle. Totally worth it. That that was the gold star for me. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know what? We're we're definitely gonna gonna talk about that gold star moment here a little bit later uh, in the show because there's some things I want to point out uh, that I want to get get I want to get into your head a little bit uh, when when that was announced and some of the things of how you really cultivated that list because I'll be honest with you when I and, and folks we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit I'm, I'm hedging my bet here but when I first saw that list I wasn't too sure and you know I, I love our age old question here on grimdark live and we always ask the same question is it the army or the general and i gotta be honest with you i'm gonna say right now with the with with the list that you're playing it's got to be your aptitude for the game you got to have a good mind for the game because i don't think a lot of people would do as well as you've done with with that with that list truthfully my my thing my thing about this game just in general is uh creativity wins redeploy wins i'll, I'll say it all the time redeploy wins games yeah, you can literally screw somebody out of a battle tactic. You can get out of combat. You can get away from the trouble, and then when you, especially with Beast of Chaos, because you have to run and charge. Yeah, right. So when you can run back right into the fight, charge, especially with Bestigors, and get those extra attacks, that is a nasty attack. Yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> and with the Herdstone up, the Herdstone update made this army playable to where it's a, a winning combination depending on how well you play it. Oh yeah, and the best scores are the best. That's it, man. That's it. And we got green, grandson of Beamot. He's back with us uh, on, on the chat tonight. It's really nice to know that the uh, the local penitentiary allows uh, for for computer time in the library there at the prison. I'm really glad that he's yeah, with I'm us. Just, I'm I'm just glad they got him. You know, the medicine he needed for those flying crabs that he was flinging around everywhere. He really he that really, was a scary proposition standing within six feet of him. You know, because again, I'm I'm a married man. I can't be spreading that stuff around. No, you're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the thing is, is, is he had a great lawyer, too. But, well, that's a whole other story we'll have to get into. And, you know, I just hope that he gets the therapy that he needs. And, you know, I hope that things work out for him. Good luck to you. I, mean, right. I mean, just him getting smuggled out of India. That was a wild story. Well, I got it. Regardless, I he, 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 is, he is a legend out on his own. It's, it's a whole other topic. You got another show. Yeah, I don't know how they fit him in that box. But, all right, let's, 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 keep, let's keep going. So, so here it is, Bill. Now that now that we're back, we're we're both off of our. See, Bill and I actually just did the show up while we were leaving the methadone clinic. Uh, so, Bill, here it is, man. Here we are. We're, we're now at the cusp of the Zeech drop this Saturday. We got the pre-order, um, followed by the Lumineth, which uh, is another darn book for you know. I think it's the third one now for that freaking army. Uh, Sons of Beamont is after that, and Ogres is after that. At least that's what we understand as far as the the, the, the books that are being delivered. Uh, and, and, and here it is, Beasts of Chaos, we're now sitting at the oldest book. Beasts of Chaos are definitively the oldest book in the game. But that, but that doesn't stop guys like you and I, especially you. I mean, you've plowed through and you've made quite a name for yourself. I mean, but, but you've, has the book held its own or was it the white dwarf that really turned the page for you as far as making this a successful army? The, yeah, the, Was the, it the, the was white it, dwarf is really what made it pop? Yeah. Oh, the the herdstone update made that whole thing better because the the issue of the expanding aura of the herdstone originally you just couldn't get much drive out. I mean, the the problem with it being is for it to be useful, you had to put your herdstone in the front of the map or the front of the deployment, I should say. Right. And then you always risked having it smashed, and then it wasn't 
you know, I mean, you, you got stuck in a bubble. Yeah. Now with it being wide, I mean, there's still always the threat because usually you try to leave the herd stone so that you could go out and attack. But board wide, especially with Vestigors, when you got that two rent turn one, especially on attack, and that's why I like running the MSUs because you can run in waves. Right. The save is so terrible. I mean, it's not even worth mentioning, but uh, the fact that you can run wave after wave after wave, it kind of alleviates the issue of losing priority, which yeah. priorities, it, there's a lot of armies in the game to me, which priority will make and break your turns. Well, With this, if you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can say right now, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I can say right now, as, as in the way I play Beast of Chaos, I almost want my opponent to go first. I could really give a crap about if I, if I, if I, if they want priority first, no problem, because they're going to open up that table for me to, to drop my either ambush units on or my summoned units on. So I kind of I kind of like second anyways. Yeah, that's that's the way it is for me, at least in the uh, Beast of Chaos. Normally in your opening salvo, you want to be second just to let them move up, especially if you got a shooting army like Lumineth. Right. Or even Cities of Sigma, the way that I used to play, I used to castle that army very heavily. Yeah. But uh, with Beast of Chaos, it don't matter because you're screaming across the board. That's it. It's, and you like, know, uh, it's, like running, it's like running the Iron Jaws pigs. I mean, you're just flying. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, Beast of Chaos right now, I would have to say they 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 rival Slan Ash as being breakneck fast. I mean, you think about the Bray Herd with that allegiance. I mean, th- you know, just take Ungors for a second. I know, I know, folks, we're getting off the beaten path. We'll get back on it here in a second. But you take Ungors for a second. They move six inches base, right? Then they get a, they get a pregame move of another six inches. And then if they're within, uh, you know, your 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 Bray Shaman, all of a sudden now they've got another three inches to their move. So effectively speaking, you're looking at something that's going to go 15. Uh, well, then then if they got a Bray Horn, they're going another one inch. So now you're looking at something that's that's effectively doing 16 inches turn one, and they can run and still shoot. So, I mean, you know, even your Ungors, the little innate things that this army is able to do, and we're going to get into that, folks, and talk about it here a little bit, um, that I think... You know, if you understand the gears and mechanics of this army, a lot like Cities of Sigmar, which you were also very successful at, Bill, um, I think it's going to make you a, a successful player. But again, it goes back to what we said before. Is it the army or the general? And and by golly, I'll say this right now. I think it's the general. I think you're a hell of a player. But let's let's go back here for a second. <laughs> let's go back here for a second. So 2018, let's start there. When, when the book was released uh, in... And in a, in a close second place, I guess I would say Cities of Sigmar uh, was also another product of that year. But the difference in, in comparing both books is at least we know that Dawnbringers, a.k.a. Cities of Sigmar, is forthcoming, but still no real issue date on the Beast of Chaos. But people are still thriving and doing well, and in many ways better than they are with Cities of Sigmar. Um, and I think, you know, it was the White Dwarf issue 473 that was released in February of 2022, uh, that in many ways revitalized the Beast of Chaos, as you were saying. And it's funny that here in the General's Handbook 22, Season 1, the Beastie Boys are a top contender with the oldest book in the game. And, you know, I, I know that uh, uh, I know that Haroon there, uh, he said that Cities uh, was the oldest book. Am I wrong on saying? I thought, I thought for sure Beast of Chaos were the oldest book. I, I thought think, they were. I, I think thought, City, yeah, Cities is, uh, to my understanding, it's a little bit older. But okay. uh, yeah, Beast of Chaos so is definitely second. But maybe, Cities is getting a new tome. So maybe yeah. I got them reversed because I know one came out in February of 2018. The other one came out in March of 2018. And maybe I got them. I know that they were. I know that they were bookending. They were the right one behind the other. I just don't remember anymore. But at any rate. So, yeah. um, but I, I think either I think, way, both both edition two books. So yeah, exactly. But you want to know something? I think I think the White Dwarf. I, well, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll before I I stammer over myself. I think this was the best White Dwarf update. That has ever been released, and maybe a, a close second is the, is the Gloomspite one uh, that that came out um, uh, in that White Dwarf. That one was pretty good too. But 
Um, this one by far, I think, is the best White Dwarf release. Was it the White Dwarf release that got you into Beast of Chaos, or was it more of the models, or, or what? What was your, what brought you to the herd? I I always loved the lore behind it from Old Hammer, shall we say? And uh, I had started collecting them slowly, and I'm like, you know what? Eventually, they'll release a book or an update or something to make it a little more viability for play. And that White Dwarf, I mean, that just that that flipped the world upside down as far as Beast of Chaos is concerned. Yeah, the table wide rend, the speed, the I I, I mean, it, it it changed the dynamic of the entire game. Well, that in the third edition too, where you can't stack buffs, you got to be a lot more creative with it as well. That with the White Dwarf. Right. Because now people can't endlessly stack buffs on it because Beast of Chaos. I mean, they got some of the best spells. They got great spells. Mm -hmm. Like the Volve has got to be one of the best spells in the game. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you, 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 got, you, can, you can pull your you enemy no closer advantage. to you. Yeah, you got no advantage to casting them. Well, so that's that's the only part where they suffer is a bad roll is a bad roll. There's like I'm, I'm used to casting, especially in Cities of Sigmar, on a 16 plus sometimes. <laughs> 16, 17, 19. <laughs> Right. But usually a point, you know, I got eight spells. So people are like, oh, just tell me when I can actually try to dispel. So like, yeah. oh, you're probably not going to get a chance to. So that, that's the only suffering point I get with Beast of Chaos is, you know, I'll roll out four spells. Like, oh, I didn't get one of them. I didn't get Mystic Shield. Well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really yeah. only using them to add the speed to the best of course. But if I get the magic off, bonus to me. If I don't, I don't care. Yeah. And, and I think I think the, if the rumor engine is true that I've been hearing from some of my, my sources out there is that uh, the Beast of Chaos might be held off until April of 23. I mean, we're going to go through the entire. Yeah, I Yeah, I think we're going to go through the entire first quarter of next year without a book. Yeah, it. The, like I said, even the GV thing, where uh, they can on a thirty-two mil basis, where they can fight in two ranks, that made a huge difference. Because now you can fight with your full stack, especially right. on an MSU. It's the way to go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just a huge advantage. Well, I, I think if we were to roll it all up in a in a nice uh, a little understanding here, right? I mean, the, the point is. The beginning of what really brought this army to the forefront of being competitive, I would I would agree that it's the White Dwarf 473 that came out. But I also changed it to the Herdstone, like you were saying. I mean, we've got improved rend of units, and that's table-wide. So you're getting plus one rend for the first and second battle rounds, and then you're getting plus two rend from the third battle round on throughout the rest of the game. I mean, you, you take something like a Bulgore with a great weapon. Now they're starting the game with negative three rend. By the time the third battle round, they're negative four. Uh, you got half your units are going uh, battle shock. You know, are rounded up are going to be taking battle shock if they're within the aura of the herdstone. Um, and you know, it, it, I always laughed about that because the beast of chaos are pretty squishy. You know, with their with their five plus or their six plus saves anyway. So generally, there's not a lot of units there left to be battle shocked. Uh, but it, but if you happen to be, you know be able to you know spend a command point and auto auto keep them from from running on battle shock, at least now they can rally on a four plus. So I think I think there's so much here with this army that um, I think it completed the book. I, I I really do. I think I think you look at um, and you know what's funny, you don't see a lot of people playing them in tournaments, and I think that also helps you as a tournament player because if you if you're an opponent and you don't play against a certain army a lot, you know there's that seventy percent mental thing right out the window. They don't know that you're going to be able to bring on another. 700 points of stuff you know within a 2000 point game you know they yeah, don't usually that's, that's my average about an extra 400 points by round five yeah yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Just coming, depending depending on how well my gorgons hit their uh bcl call or whatever it is yeah and you know boom. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna philosophize here later on in the show about best summoning units we're gonna talk about that you know and, and i know that you've got your list i've got my list and you know what's funny you know and, and folks you're gonna see this here in a little bit because we're gonna be showing our lists both bill's list and my list and we're both BC Chaos players, but we, we go at the army, I mean, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill, but I think we go at the army two different ways in, in reality. I mean, we literally play the army two different with two different methodologies. Would, would you agree on that? Yeah. Like as, as you brought up with the four up rally to me, it never comes up at all. I like to run a horde style army with a lot of smaller units. That way, if you wipe something, I don't care. I don't want to retreat back to the herd stone and try and rally and waste the possible additional command point. The command points way more valuable to me anyway. Right. So since I run the MSUs, by the time you wipe the unit anyway, I got enough points to bring another one in, which is a lot more deafening to an opponent, to me anyway, from my experience. When they wipe half your army and then next turn, it's like, all right, well, I got about three quarters of it back. And if you don't take care of that, then by the next turn, there's going to be more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and you know what? And that's, and that's what I love about it. And you know, here's the thing. What I love is that the primordial call points in the book are still cheap as heck. I mean, I, I love the fact that, you know, why most armies actually in, in the current edition bills, what I'm trying to say, they got to work for their, uh, uh, for their ability to bring other units on, you know, we've got a chimera, 10 primordial call points and we've got a, you know, razor gores. You can get them for, for three primordial call points or chariots for that matter that are, that are, you know, four a piece, you know, and they, in both the razor gore and the chariots can reroll their charges. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that's pretty cheap <laughs> in, in terms of today's game. So yeah, you, you, that, that five to 700 points, that's an easy thing to bring on the board. And, right, but, but especially, you wanna, especially if you hit the booms, that's that's the oh, big thing. Oh yeah, but you know something, I, and, and we're going to get into that, folks. We'll, we'll explain what the boom is here, but I, I'll say this: I'll say this that I wanted to kind of throw at you real quick. I think the reason why people aren't playing the army more out in tournaments is the transport. I mean, if you go to a two thousand point uh, game and you got to bring effectively three thousand points with you, so you have a good choose of what you want to be able to bring in. That's uh. That's a hell of a note, man. But but you've successfully been able to do that. Well, like like I said, bro, the nice thing about running the MSUs, you wipe the unit. I'm gonna like best of all the time. So I have I run three in the list, and usually I'll lose two of them, you know, by round three. But by then I got enough points to call them back in. So you're just kind of recycling right. <laughs> the right. same unit over. Right. It's almost a disadvantage to me to actually have one left on a board because it's like I got nine here. I need ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, gang, uh, so I'm almost I'm almost counting on them so I don't have to buy more stuff on them wiping my units so that I can just keep bringing them back. You know what? I'm a uh, I'm a plastic crackhead. I, I I I've got a well I've got a massive army because like I said I've been playing the army since damn near sixth edition um, fantasy battles. But uh, I, I play it differently than you, you know, and, and we'll, we'll see that in the list. I play a little bit more of a, um, a bait and switch, more of a defensive type of list. I like to, I like to bring you in and surprise you. I, I would say that you're more of a, uh, in, in boxing terms, uh, you're more of a uh, very aggressive go at him. I'm more of a counter puncher. And uh, I think that that's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic that you can build not only two different types of lists out of this one old book, but two totally different play styles and be successful at it. And you recently much more successful than I am. Um, uh, although I'm going to catch up to you, man. The old horns got to come back. I'm going to catch up to you. Oh, without doubt, without doubt. But uh, old but horns can definitely beat up on the young weird horns. That'll happen. That's you know what we we have to do that. All right. So here's the proverbial question, man, that we say on the show: Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What's happening with you out there in the hobby or the events world? Talk to us a little bit. They uh, it's like it's very obvious I can't make the Chicago Open, which is a pity. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, right now, I'm just uh, building a lot of terrain. I just finished finally painting and uh, building my Night Hunt army. So I got uh, just got my first game in with that. That was a lot of fun. 
Well, you saw it too. I yeah. built the trash carrier box, which was nice. You know, it's all scrap wood. It's nice and heavy. Double That's right. Care. It's great. We, we got to, you know, we, I'll tell you what, folks, we got to, we got to post some links to the pictures of that. We're going to, we're going to put links to the pictures of that in the show notes here below after the show is over, because you guys got to see this. He built a pretty, it, it was all out of scrap wood. I mean, you want to talk about, oh, you want to talk scrap. about staying yeah, true. The, the most expensive part was at Menard, you can buy these like uh, 10 by 18 end cap, like for ductwork or six by eight tens or something like that. So they're they're better than trying to buy all the uh, cook you know the cookie sheets. Sure. So because they're cheaper too, they're five bucks a piece. So and literally, I just built the whole scrap wood carrying case around these three trays that I bought. It works out great for moving my night hunt. Plus, awesome, solid. Like I said, you can sit on it, you can carry your books in it. So it doubles as a little side table, so you don't have to carry extra stuff. It's it's everything all in one. Yeah, now you just got to figure out how to, you know, where you're going to put the booze. You know, where where you know you got you got to find a place to store that. I mean, that's you, you miss that opportunity. You didn't see the liquor cabinet that popped out of the side of it with the mini shots. I'm, you missed that. That's that's for the happy hour after the games. That's that's when you lose. It's all right. Now I'm gonna crack into the rum. Your your cleverness knows no bounds, man. Your cleverness knows no bounds. Uh, but you know, yeah, I've been like I've been. Said, I'm just an educated boy. I won't take smart, but I'll take clever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. It's the best we can hope for. Uh, I got more tenacity than talent for sure. Um, no, I've been, I've been staying true myself. I've been working on my orc work lands. Uh, it's kind of a sidebar project. It was, you know, I love destruction. Um, and you know, it's funny, Beast of Chaos is when my one departure really from, from destruction, but they play like destruction. So they count, they really shouldn't be chaos. Um, but yeah, I'm working you know, on them. They're chaos, they're chaos through and through just because you can smack down doesn't mean it's just destruction. Well, you, you know, know, especially you don't, they don't fight just to fight. They fight to destroy. And this is why we play differently. This is why, folks, you just witnessed it right here. This is why we play differently. But, you know, Bill and I, we're like the same but different, right? <laughs> what, are, what are the odds two people would be the same yet different? They, see? There you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so I'm working on my Orc War Clans, and that's going pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm painting them all in Lord of the Rings-esque type of uh, Urukai. You know, yeah, I, they look cool. Oh, so, thanks, uh, man. Those pictures you've been posting, yeah, they do look cool. Yeah, I'm really trying to come around to my painting skills because, you know, all you Jagoffs and the Grim Dargoons, man, you guys are so much better of a painter than I am. You know, I can't, I can't hold a candle in the gale force wind to you guys. You guys are just beating the hell out of me with your painting. You know what? We got a, I was able to sneak a game in with uh, earlier today, and I, I, I did come to notice that everybody's painting has just gone way up. Yeah. You know, and that, 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 that's been the fun part of about me. Like, I'm painting a bunch of terrain for somebody in our club right now. And just figuring out how to really do the grimdark style where it's like nitty gritty, realistic. I mean, the heavy metal style is cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just not for me. One, you know, the same as you, you were a boxer for a lot of years. I was a kickboxer. You know, I used to do a lot of uh, jujitsu and stuff too. I've broken both my hands twice. Oh, yeah. So the problem is you get to shoot something in a while where you can't paint, and, you know, it gets real gritty. So it's like, well, well then I'm just going to paint gritty. <laughs> yep. yep. I know exactly where you're at, man. I know exactly where you're at. You know, it's highlighting. That's not for me, man. Some days I can't even hold it. I can't hold my hand straight. So <laughs> I, I might as well, hey, might as well use it to my advantage. Well, guess what? Now we're putting mud on the cloaks. Yeah. So you can't obviously do it in a clean line. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you just got to take your time, man. I mean, all those years of blocking with my face, sometimes the eyes go a little blurry. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just not, not off topic, but the one thing that always weirded me out, especially coming from that, you know, that hobby as well, 
people are like, oh man, he's got an iron jaw. It's like that's the dumbest thing you could say about him. So he likes to get hit in the face a lot, dude. I, I'd really be known as the guy you can't get hit. Yeah, you know what? And so, there's there's a little bit of hyperbole, a little, little bit of uh, joking around there. You know, you know, it's it, you know, and then that's not for the show, but it's it's where the where the phrase comes, roll with the punches. You know, you you, you kind of learn how to roll with a certain punch. You're not really if if you're good, you're not really taking the full shot. So anyway, but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story. But uh, but Ting Ting here on the here on the uh, the chats, I will say this: uh, those ogres, man. You know. I am extremely excited about uh, the ogres and possibly another gutbuster list, you know. And 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 we'll have to definitely, you know. I'll tell you what, man. If we do that, we got to get you on the show and we got to talk. We got to talk the fat boys. We're definitely going to do that. But let's get into the news, man. Bill, you ready, dude? Let's talk about this. We got a lot happening in the news. As a matter of fact, um, I was kind of taken back a little bit because I wasn't really expecting the uh the amount that's in the news so we got we got quite a full boat here uh normally i don't like to touch on this much stuff in the news but we're going to get after it the first thing is the rumor engine i don't know if you saw this one but uh it's the official tease of the week man i mean when i look at this thing and i want to kind of throw it at you and see what you think when i look at this thing could it be sprite wings for i don't know i've been hearing like maybe a war cry or maybe something for sylvaneth or maybe some scenery for the next war cry expansion i mean they look like feathers but then again they could look like maybe a headdress of some type i'm not sure what do you think yeah you're talking the blade looking things that almost look like feathers but they're clearly metal so and yeah they're, they're definitely not feathers and metal because those are obviously like uh bolt grommets in them or something and then you got something down there so I, I don't know it could be an organic material but it looks like it's metal so I, I, if I had to take a guess, I'd say something with Seraphon. Okay. By the way it looks. All right. It almost looks like a headdress, almost like it'd go on a star priest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It, 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 it honestly could be something silly. It could be like a weapon, almost like a fan weapon they're holding in a hand. Because you can't tell if that's fingers down there, if those are holding it on place. Yeah. Just... That looks like some type of like a hair or spikes from a headdress. You know, the more I look at right, that, it... That, it, from a side profile, it looks like a, like a skink headdress. Right, right. So, and you know they've already got the, they've already got the mane that goes around the back, so it mm-hmm. looks like something they put down the center of the mane of it. That's got to be a side profile of whatever's on it. So yeah. I, I would say Seraphon. Right. I, I I sure hope the Seraphon are getting new models, man. Those things are older. Those models, those miniatures are older than me. I mean, you know, holy cow. Yeah. So they they got to get some new stuff. I hope that's what it is. I really do. Um, but we will yeah. we will have to. But, but what the hell do I know? I'm usually yeah. You know, the source definitely need an update. I'm usually. I mean, they were cool these. when they came out. I still got the old. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I have I have the 1993-94 Empire box up there, where it's got the old school, wow. you know, Lizardman. Yeah, yeah, half that, and there's probably pewter, right? That's when it came in the styrofoam, you know, when when you, you when, they, these ones were plastic, but they had pewter models in it. Oh yeah, okay. Some of the heroes, right? Yeah, the heroes were pewter. Well, speaking of heroes, man, did you see the uh, the drop? We got uh, the the Beast Smasher Gargant and uh, more details on King Broad. I thought we'd get into that, but let's start with the uh, the Beast Smasher. I mean, um, this one's kind of interesting. I mean, coming with the King Broad upgrade pack, I guess is what GW is calling it. Uh, you're going to be able to build a no named uh, character and the name character, obviously King Broad. I mean, but sticking with this Beast Smasher, I don't know if you've seen this, Bill, but the model is fine. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be a little bit a little bit uh, negative, but but not really. I mean, the model to me is fine, but it clearly is a bummer to only have one type of freaking legs. I mean, come on, man. We we need an alternate set of legs. Yeah, They're that all... that that was a cost-effective method for yeah. GW to keep part of the prints the same and then just do a little bit of updating. It probably comes on two screws, yeah. So that way they could keep the base the same, which is adding flair. Yeah, that weird John Travolta slipping a disc thing. You know, I it just it doesn't do it for me. I mean, we, we've got. 
I mean, there's what five minutes now with the you know. I didn't really pick up on the Saturday Night Fever, but now I see it. See, see, I mean, it it gets it gets worse. It gets worse the longer you look at it. Um, you know, and 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 on the rules side, you know, when I was looking at again, sticking with the B smash on the rules side, it it seems um, all right. I know I'm going to get a little late. A little late. It's a little late to the party. You know what? I'm going to get yeah, yeah. I'm going to get some shit for saying. I I get I get it for balancing for balancing as well. It's now because like a lot of people don't run as many monsters now before there was obviously a lot of incentive to run monsters and there was a lot of incentive for GW to sell dragons. So it made a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> under the new one, it's cool. It, it looks like it's more, once again, geared towards messing up like Stormcast or Seraphon to kind of get the, keep them up in the top tier because Stormcast obviously still run a lot of dragons. That's the way you, that's sure. the way you know Stormcast. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Seraphon too, when you run the uh, Thunder Lizards, that that that's what that model's for. That model's for messing up Thunder Lizards. That's to take Seraphon down a notch. Yeah, you know what? I, I guess not to sound like a schnook here, but you know, couldn't Gatebreakers do the same thing? I mean, I run three Gatebreakers, and I, I don't really have a problem with those armies. I mean, but but let's go back to this guy. I'm, I'm going to throw something at you because I want to get your two cents in a tin can on this. Like I said, on the rules side, this guy seems kind of fun, right? But but very goofball and dicey rule, I think. But but it's it's kind of fitting for this army. But again, I think I think the whole you know, big hammer thing, kill a monster, 5d6, you know, you know, giving up your multiple attacks for the one. I mean, when you really do the math, I'm probably never going to, if I ever play this model, I'm probably never going to use that. I mean, I'm probably going to stick with the war scroll as written and not use the, it's, the goofy. Yeah, it's very situational. So for me, and, and again, I'm, I'm right there with you. I... I'm 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 a more of a multiple attack guy than a than a knock it out of the park. Punches and bunches. It's a, it, it's a dice game. Yeah. So you it's very situational for one, but if the attack profile is the same at three and two. Yeah, that's good. You might hit it, but you can't modify it. So I would rather take the three, possibly get one to two off, and do a minimum of five damage at least. Yeah. Then yeah. try to go for the one whammy, kill the monster. You know what? I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, overall, with this release. Uh, and don't anyone bite I mean, their head mo- off. Most of, your, most of your monsters, too, they only have, you know, uh, was it on average 12 to 14 yeah. wounds. Yeah. So yeah. You, well, I mean, you if you get three of these off somehow, you're going to kill it. Well, that's my or whole point. I mean, you're, you're going to kill yeah. a Gorgon with a five plus save. I mean, we are, we are, but we know that we're going to get into the glass cannon, you know, wonder and awesomeness of Beast of Chaos here in a minute. But um, yeah, I just think it's a lazy release going back to these Gargans. I, I, I thought Broad was, you know, King Broad was kind of bad enough with 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 so many shared elements but this one um has so few you know actually physical modeling parts and and he's really an anti-monster unit like you were saying i mean now he's grabbing human town folk but he's supposed to be killing monsters i'm i, I don't know i kind of felt that this yeah, was very, very very situational if it come out in the last edition it would have made a lot more sense i i, but then I, again, I agree aren't, aren't they going to do another g are they going to do another handbook release here in what like three four months uh, so you yeah. never know. Yeah, I mean, well, th- we know that the seasons are only six months long, so so who knows what's uh, what's what's coming back out? But uh, King Broad, which is that, go ahead. That that's very silly to me. It should be at least a year on each season. It shouldn't be where they're doing the most. I totally agree. I mean, I totally agree. Um, but that's uh, that's another show. But uh, but I've got a gripe on that one too. But King Broad, you know, I want to kind of throw this one out there. If you couldn't already tell, my first impression here is okay, negative two rend. Boring. He's a gargant. Negative two rend. That's it. 
I mean, maybe if a player is fine with, you know, those stats not looking, you know, for a damage dealer, fine, okay, but that's not really the motif of the Giants. But hopefully this broad guy is something of a of a buff or can provide utility to other troops, being that I understand he's a priest. I mean, hopefully this thing has the ability to do so or do something neat other than what his war scroll says as far as Yeah, his they, they probably they probably they probably sacked a lot of his stats just so that they could make him a more of a buff unit. Right. So I, I would imagine it's probably to their movement. So or it might be something silly where like they get, you know, what is the what is because similar to the uh Centigors where you get drunk on Revoli. Okay. You know, where you can run and charge and then you get the extra charge, but you get the they get a bonus to attacking back, like they get plus one to their attack, but so does your opponent. You know, right. like you minus one to your save or something like that. They're probably he's probably gonna do something like that. I yeah. would I would imagine that would make the most sense. If you're gonna give, also take. So right. they probably get after uh, they get another attack profile, they get an extra plus to hit, you know, so many guys within 18 inches of them, but then they're easier to wound, something like that, because they got a lot of wounds as it is. Sure. That that would make the most sense to me, you know, where it's just say it's that's a it's a do all be all charge kind of deal. Yeah. With that guy. He's your king. You gotta charge, right? Yeah. But you <laughs> charge think, in the battle in his name. But you think if he's your king, he's gonna be a hell of a lot tougher at negative two rend. Um I just I just thought that was he's, kind he's of... a real pampered aristocratic gargant. <laughs> never leaves the stone throne. Barely gets him off the mountain. He's sitting around. Um, yeah, right. right. He's used to eating fat aristocrats, you know. And then here he is. He's got to go out on the battlefield. No, he's just going to buff his guys and go back him up. You know what? Like a like a true king should. Like a true king should. Yeah, I, I was hoping for more like with a King true Broad. King should. I was hoping for more with King Broad, yeah. but uh, but you know what? At least they took care of that. Freaking purple sun, man. So here's the question I got for you, Bill. Is the purple sun still fun or no? What do we got? You know, I Talk to me. I don't use it, but uh, every game I've ever played against it, like a uh, first game where I played where somebody had the updated purple sun, uh, it blew up Saigor round one. So <laughs> yeah. I don't have much many nice things to say about the purple sun other than the fact, thankfully, with Beast of Chaos, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect me because I tend for you to wipe the unit as it is. So yeah. well, you get minus one to save. I, dude, I wasn't going to make it out. They, they weren't making it out alive. When they charged in there, they knew they were going to die. <laughs> you know what? You know what's so funny for me? The, the one to destroy, like I said, with the potentiality. I mean, you got a one in six chance to kill a monster. That's hey. still a big deal, and especially since you can fly it over into the back their back line if they don't spell it. It's huge, and that's that was part of the issue. Like when they uh, when they took out my Cygor. The nice thing about the updates, especially with the Cygor, where they can eat the endless spells and right. heal. Yeah, that's part that of their, their, new, their new monstrous. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, where a lot of people say uh, cyborgs are useless. Now, two dispels, and they get if they eat the spell, they cause a mortal wound back. That, that's better than a typical dispel. Yeah. Plus, on the monster's action, they can eat endless spells. Right. You don't even have to do this. So that's that's way better. Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna retouch to on that. Yeah, for the whopping 125 points, it's worth it to take it, depending on how you run your list. You know what's funny is, is I love that you just said that because we're we're kind of hedging our bets on the conversation. But my point is, for 125 points or for 10 or nine primordial call points, I'd rather summon one in, which I've done. But we we can talk about that. That's that's an awesome uh, that's an awesome piece that we'll be getting to. But sticking with the purple sun, Bill. I mean, yeah, okay. They they say it got nerfed. I mean, 70 points to 90. Um, still have negative one it's, to save. It's twenty points. Most people leave twenty yeah. to thirty points off of their list anyway, hoping they get the triumph. Right. So I, I don't, I don't see that as a big whop. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's they, if, if anything, they could have gone higher. The minus yeah. one to the same on your typical army. That's a big deal. Yeah, I've had for me good... it's like, for us as piece of chaos player. It's, it's, it's whatever. You know, wow. We care. We don't like save as it is. But uh, for yeah. most pl- for for most other armies, that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny. This past uh, uh, war meet, I was playing my sons. 
and uh, had a great game uh, with one of our club mates, Mike Drafty. Mike, if you're out there, awesome guy, dude, hell of a competitor. Um, and he was playing basically just Nurgle, basically Magakin with uh, Bellacor. Awesome list. And um, um, it never fails. Every time I put Purple Sun out there, within two dice rolls of it getting out there, I'm rolling a one. Top of turn one, roll the one, Lord of Affliction's gone. It never fails. I always had pretty good luck with the Purple Sun. Um, but in my second game, I wasn't able to cast it once. So they ate the cast without any buffs, made it kind of difficult. You know, and I think what they've done to it, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad because I think it's, I think what they've done is they've given it a good reason for a lot of people not to take it. I personally think the 70 to 90 points, I don't see a lot of people taking it anymore, you know, because rather than the auto dead on a one, on a basically a one, uh, the enemy player now suffers D6 plus six mortal wounds. If the enemy unit has a wounds characteristic of nine or less. So I think, I think they've really kind of subrogated it to a very situational piece to kind of pacify probably what was turning out to be a, a lot of, uh, a lot of glue sniffers out there pretty upset. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts? What, I mean, do you, do you see the purple sun continuing on? I think we lost you. Uh Oh, I'm all alone here, folks. We got, uh, we got bill, uh, basically, uh, we got his, we got his picture there. <laughs> all right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to keep rolling here now that uh, somehow we've lost Bill. So you guys uh, you guys in the chats and you guys out there listening, you got me now. Uh, but moving on. Are you there? All right, moving on. We got uh, another thing in the news here. We got Zangors. Our, uh, it looks like they're back in the herd uh, after all. Uh, and here we go, Bill. Crisis has been averted. On uh, today's FAQ release, the Zangors remain in the Beasts of Chaos army. Did you see that? Sorry, it was cutting out there in that last little bit. Uh, did I see what now? So the Zangors, it looks like they're back in the herd after all. I mean, the, the crisis has been kind of averted in today's FAQ. Uh, yeah, looks you like know, they're everybody back. knew that was an office site. I don't know why people are freaking out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's typical for, you know, you'd think people who invented the English language would have a better grasp of the English language. <laughs> and I'm saying that, as, again, as an educated hillbilly. You know, right, I, right. I can speak in a very articulate manner if I so choose to, but most of the time, you know, I'm talking like from Sam. Yeah, I but, never learned uh, too good in America. You, you think they would be better. Like, it's it's so easy to use proper punctuation and at least not leave a whole bunch of, like, the crazy thing to me is a lot of the game is wording situational on how you decipher the text of the rules. Right. So it's 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 almost like following stuff to the letter of the law without any leeway, where it's like, look, this is a what if statement. This is a question. You know, how do we move around these other pieces of it based on the exact language? I understand what they were going for, but that's not how it reads. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I do. So I do. it was it was always something goofy where people are like, oh, I can't believe they're gone. It's not they're coming. It was an oversight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, th- I think what's kind of interesting about this, folks, if, if you're paying attention to this, I mean, if, if you look into the future here, you know, take the Cataclysm War Scroll and the points. Uh, as, as what was probably going to happen with the Beast of Chaos in, you know, in the future with their release that we think is going to be in April of 23. So hold on to your hats there. But Zangors are definitely back. And also, don't forget, uh, and, and here's something else, that the Zangor Battle Tome um, is now on pre-order for this Saturday. So that's going to be happening. You're going to be able to get that uh, uh, on pre-order this Saturday at uh, your local, you know, independent store, GW store. And, you know, it's funny. Um, 
and I'm going to I'm going to be kind of moody yeah. here for a second, Bill. I mean, with the Beast of Chaos still sitting with the oldest book in the game or second oldest book in the game, whatever the hell it is, the new Zeech Battle Tome was not really needed. And everything could have been fixed with an FAQ, but here it is, brand new version three battle tome for the freaking Zeech. Thoughts? Are, are you not, not upset about it? Are they, you know, and again, because Zangors fall right into the BOC army, it's right. one of those things where if you're going to update them in Zinch, that's perfectly fine. That technically means we get the updated scrolls as well. Yeah. And situationally for me, like I said, I obviously we're going to move into it eventually, but uh, my list is. Speed, uh, Bulgors are always more about just kind of like the back force for the hammer, but they always get wiped out before they can do any damage. So the Zinch getting updated, one of the things I'm going to do is either take the Bulgors and the Doom Bull out and then run probably a Chimera and something else. Sure. Or probably run, you know, the, uh, the Zangor Shaman and then some flyers on discs. Yep. And then maybe figure out a way to uh, put an Enlightened in there. Oh, yeah. Or I should not Enlightened. The, uh, what is it? The, uh, yeah, the Zangor Enlightened. Yep. Zangor that way, Enlightened, if you yeah. ever get this fall off. Yeah, if you get the spell off from the uh, Shaman, at least then you add another one to that, which is nice because you can go beyond the MSU. But you got to run six. So, right, right. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, to go back to what you said, I like your positive attitude about it. I mean, I'm a little besmirched because I wanted a piece of chaos book, and, and I never get what I want. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry here. I'm going to be a little bit of a wimp. But Well, the, the, the big thing about it being there is, as an example, on the scrolls, rerolling ones is something that I don't see with a lot of other armies now. The fact that we can carry dual weapons which is what i usually use them for because of the rend right and re-roll the ones you're increasing the, st the statistical chance of you actually getting more attacks off. that's true yeah, with, with red yeah i'm gonna roll well, a lot more ones gores, than sixes yeah same thing where gores if you take the shield and if you want to run it like that where they're basically a buffer unit then that makes sense too because now they got a four up which is silly because a lot of your top tier units in the game have a four up save right and they got it with a shield yeah so there's a lot of advantages to running a really old book is where other people may pass you by. It's like where everything all becomes new again. Yeah. So where everybody loops around so many times and they're back to, you know, whatever it was, let's say the, the big points of generation one or gen two, we're already there. Right. So we're rerolling ones. Like with the spoilers with best of course is great. It's a specific against order armies and order armies are in the top tier most of the time. Yeah. So we get to re-roll ones against, you know, order armies, and then you get the actual, um, the additional, I, I don't remember all of it offhand for some reason. I'm drawing a blank here. But yeah, the re-roll ones, especially with the spoiler acts yeah, against you, order armies. That's but, a, but you're also getting the rend and tear. You know, there, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rend, rend and tear with gores. And again, you know if you, they dropped a new book, they're going to get rid of all that. So uh, there's a lot of advantages to having this old book. That you know, like I said, the the white dwarf update with the herbstone that was all they needed. Yeah, because making that table wide so much better. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's the thing. I, I think there's a lot of good things. I think there's going to be give and take. And I'm glad that we actually are kind of have a little bit of a stay. You know, we're going to be able to run with the old rules because I think that coupled with the white dwarf, which we're going to get into in a minute, uh, is a benefit. And you know, it's funny. I we, we we've talked about this for a long time in the show, and I've always I'll stand by this. Uh, besides novelers, novelers are the greatest unit in the game, but. I'll say so, gores yeah. pound for pound. You can drink out of the toilet bowl and enjoy it. Clearly the best, best unit in the game. Greatest unit in the game, Nobblers are. Uh, but I will say this. Greatest pound for pound battle line. Not battle line if, but greatest pound for pound battle line. Gore, hands down. For the points that you pay, the amount that you get, what they do. I'm going to say uh, that's that's one man's opinion here, but I, I bet you I'm right. Um that's and we, and we I, would say, I would say best of, I would say best of gores. But they're battle line if. They're not battle line. They're not straight battle. So that's, if you're talking straight battle line. Straight battle line. Not the, battle line. The yeah, the versatility of gore is probably gores. Yeah, I'll say out of, in so, the game, 
I mean, folks, you guys are on the chats. What do you guys think? But uh, uh, I'll I say I don't that, know, though. You know, it's Spirit, Spirit Host on Nighthawn because of the way you could bring him back with the Spirit of Torment, then being Battleline and all the sixes, you know, move right into Okay, what's what's their minimum because, unit size and what's their what's their cost for uh, the yeah, unit? Yeah, 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 that's true, too. Oh, pound so for I think pound. It's yeah. yeah, pound I mean, for pound. Scores are great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to be right back to talk about Beast of Chaos uh, and uh, get into some lists and some more philosophy here with uh, with Bill. So stick around and be right back. Hey, gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. But with all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. All right, Beast of Chaos. We are back with that. And, uh, and I want to throw something out there that I, I really appreciate on the chats here. Uh, J-Mad, absolutely right, man. Thanks for backing me up. But I kind of, I knew, and, and again, I'm not throwing anything, I'm not throwing Haroon under the bus there, buddy, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I really knew, I thought, I was pretty confident that Beast of Chaos were the oldest book. And I, and I do remember, I think it was February of 2018 that Beast of Chaos came out. And I think you're right. I think it was March of 2019 that Cities of Sigmar came out. I think it was early in 2019, which, which makes, makes people think that maybe it was older than that. But uh, I, cause I knew that BC Chaos was 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 old, man. So uh, yeah, I mean, he, but so I'll go back to that. I'll go back to that. That that right now we're talking about an army that's tremendously successful in the game right now, uh, and and Bill, you're playing it with the oldest book in the game. But uh, let's set the table here. Let's get back on topic. So Bill, BC Chaos here, Bill. Um, we all know that they're the true ambassadors for chaos in the mortal realms. They are the children of chaos. True children of chaos. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they rule by strength. They destroy and defile, you know, basically all the monuments and, and, and cities and, and the civilization they come across. They don't they like have been, They have been around before Sigmar. Yep. They caused havoc and mayhem long before, and they uh, deserve a place in their true hunting grounds. Yep. So yep. they're uh, always, always taking out the Dawnbringers. That's I, it. I, love, I love the war in the White Dwarf, oh, too, yeah. when they're talking about when they're yeah. singing the, the, the shaman works his way into actually, or however you pronounce it. And uh, he's singing the song, the tales of the beast man spreading the curse. And they're all slowly starting to turn. It's, it's just cool lore. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, and that's a lot of the older lore that, that I've always, I, I miss. I, I really do. I, I appreciate a lot of the older lore uh, that's out there. But um, so let's get into it. So, you know, the, the, the play style, ref, you know, their play style on the tabletop and even how the, how the old book is written reflects all this. They have a ton of cheap disorganized cannon fodder who charge the enemy while really their their biggest and strongest uh you know units they're going to rip and tear through the enemy unit they're they, they they hit like a like a truck but they're also glass cannons it's kind of an interesting dynamic i've always said that beasts of chaos play a lot like elves 
They're going to hit you, but they're very unforgiving if you make mistakes. If you put yourself in an uncompromising situation, like take a Gorgon. I don't think anybody would would doubt that a Gorgon, uh, they're going to put your lights out. But with a 5-plus save and, you know, basically what, uh, you know, 18 wounds or something like that, it's not sticking 14, around. Yeah. Four, yeah, 14, yeah. It's, it's yeah, not it's sticking not, around yeah, very well. Yeah, that's the problem. The swallow hole ability, like I said, like I was able to sneak a game in earlier today. Yeah. That that's still cool with the Gorgon that they got that that hey you roll equal to or above the uh wound of whatever you're uh, fighting and uh, he eats one <laughs> at yeah. the end of combat, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, the huge slattering maw is nice, especially with the Titanic Fury spell for a beast of chaos to add one to the attack characteristics of uh whatever they got going on, assuming you're not running an incarnate. Right. Because yeah. obviously you get more bang for your buck for the incarnate if you get that spell off. Well, that's true. But uh, that's true. actually, you know what? I'll take that back because you can only target uh, Beast of Chaos month. They got Beast of Chaos yeah. keyword. So yeah, not, that's right. Not, I, I forgot. Point. That's Good right. It doesn't, it doesn't work on the Incarnate. If you could do it on the Incarnate, it would be better. Yeah, but, but I always uh, end up casting on the Gorgon anyway. Yeah. Just because if you get the huge slavering maw off, that's a good, I mean, it's a good attack. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but Bill, here it is. I told you I was going to put you on the spot, man. You're number six in North America for Beast of Chaos. That's a lot of players, man. And uh, what a time to be playing this army, eh? I mean, you know, here it is, your number six in North America for Beast of Chaos. Um, so, the hell, we don't even need a new book, do we? We're just fine. No, uh, you know what? Some, it's one of those things where it's the devil you know, so it's, it's been doing really well yeah. with the uh, with the book we got, and I'm, I'm happy about it. Like I said, there's a lot of pros to running the old book which is they've kind of gone past some of the stuff that's being advantageous to us right now. So so talk a little bit about the strengths and the weaknesses of this army. Give give us kind of a 5,000-foot view before you get into the list. Kind of talk a little bit about that. They punch like a tank, and they run like rabbits. Yeah. Quite quite literally. They can fly across the board, and then they, uh, they can take off as well. They are not brave. They yeah. are cowardly glass cannons, and that's, uh, that's what I love about them. Right. Right, right. I would say that uh, the first thing that comes to mind with me with this army, because of the, the primordial call points and the ambushing, are the numbers. I mean, your units are generally quite cheap, and, and especially now they're very cheap. Um, and it's going to give you numbers advantage over most opponents. I think uh, with that, too, think, I've always... Philosophically speaking, too, as well, on the divergent play styles, that's why I'd rather take the monsters off the get-go. Okay. Because I'd rather be able to burn the points to get Vestigors. Sure. Or, or situationally speaking, gores as well. Okay. Because like uh, gores off six inches off the uh, table edge is nice because they're cheap at only three points. So you can do a lot with them. Yeah, primordial call points. points. They're, only, they're only three. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And best of course, only six. Yeah. So yeah. If, you get, if you get a good boom off or if you get uh, you can sack enough guys, you know, by turn two, you're bringing in a bunch of units. Yeah, right. So to me, I'd rather have the monsters off the get-go just to kind of have that wow factor, and then you're constantly bringing the best cavalry in the game right now, which yeah. is either your foot soldiers. Yeah. And, and so you know, third, third attacks, you know, at, even at fours and threes, if you give them all out attack, at threes and threes, I mean, you're averaging 15 to 16 hits each round. Sure. At two rend. Um, and once you're doing it, once the third round, you're talking three rend. I mean, you're, you're cutting through all the armor of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I got I to piggyback another awesome comment here by JMAD, you know, uh, chariots. I love them. I love bringing chariots on the board. Four primordial call points, and you can re-roll your charges. What the hell is not to love? Uh, and and I got to be honest with you, they're great blocking units. You throw something out there, you make the charge, now you plug the hole. I mean, it, it, uh, it, it, it's pretty good. But you know what else I love about this army? And I've loved, the, I've loved this army since it was literally brought up in fantasy battles, and they've maintained this consistently throughout every edition of the game, is cheap heroes. I got to be honest with you. I love a cheap wizard. I love a cheap wizard. 
And it's, it's Man, a, I it, wish I wish they could bring it, you know, if they ever do an update, and again, I'm happy with the book the way it is right now. But named heroes would be cool other than Cash Rack, you know, however yeah, you say his name. Yeah, they could bring back Morger to some sense. And you had especially with Gabe Spawn, because most people run Gabe Spawn, Dark Walkers is okay. Right. Gabe Spawn where it's at. The yeah, hero, well, the heroes turning into Chaos Spawn on a two up and then being able to add attacks. You know, because usually the nice thing about not being able to stack buffs is you can only burn your all attack once. You can burn your all defense. Having right. a chaos ball, especially, it gives more life to your heroes. Yeah. And then your heroes can still buff the guys around them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot to be, I think there's a lot to be said for the army. I think a lot of people, I, well, personally, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I think we don't see them a lot on the tournament circuit because they're, they're, they're a hell of a lot to bring along. I mean, you're, you're, you're packing up your living room, Bray, basically, if you want to bring one of these, one of this army to a, to a tournament. But I think also too, I think, I think they got to do something about the poor saves, you know, in older editions of fantasy battles, uh, they had something called gnarled hide, you know, for additional points, uh, you could take gnarled hide and put it on some of your, uh, your units, like your minotaurs now, bull. Yeah. I remember that. that you could spend extra points and it gave them like a ward save, you know, with most of your units with a five or a six plus save, you know, only your, your more expensive units are going to get a four plus. I think there's, I think, you know, but you know what it does? It, it teaches the the player to be a little bit more judicious about where they want to place things and how they want to, uh, you know, uh, take on a certain tactic or a certain situation. I think like you touched on it earlier, their low bravery is something people got to, got to think about. But I think this is what makes you a good player because you can't just do a Sons of Behemoth army, right? Or you can't do something and just set it and forget it. You can't just do that. You have to actually play this army and you're thinking, Every turn of every round, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, right? Well, see, that's the nice thing. What run the MSUs by doing that? Because break, you're, you're gonna guys are gonna run. I mean, you can burn a command point, obviously, and keep them in, but most of the time, you want to burn that stuff up in combat. Right. I'd rather lose the unit and then be able to charge another one in the next round, run like very Romanized waves of attacks. Sure. Versus uh, hoping to save part of a unit or be overwhelming with one larger unit. They're gonna run. So I'd rather have you, let's say I had a 20-man block. I'd rather have you burn out, put 30 wounds on the 10 guys, and then if in the event of, let's say, oh, you only kill six, they're going to run either way. I'd rather just have them run True. and not in effect, uh, not affect larger units. That That's the big advantage. They're like, for instance, the four-up uh, return never comes up for me. I, if you're running a bunch of uh, Bulgors, where they're reinforced once or one or two times, or same thing if you're on Dragon Overs, where they're reinforced. The four up makes sense, especially since it expands out every turn. Right. But I like to just screen across the board and make it to where you know wherever you're at, I can reach out and touch you on the board and make it painful. Oh, sure. So where you've got a cheap 125 point unit that you know can move 16 inches if it's by a, a you know by a shaman, and then still charge. And then get the extra attack on the charge. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're damn right about that. You're damn right about that. And, and, you know, and I think that's the cusp of a lot of Beast of Chaos players tactics. I know that that's mine. Um, but you know, I, I guess we're going to get into the list now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about more about tactics and, and the mindset and, and we'll talk about good, uh, good, good units to probably bring into the table as far as primordial call points. But, you know, really looking back on, on the codex when it first came out to where we are now, um, you know, when it first came out, I'll admit I was playing the army pretty consistently and the book was a mess. Um, you know, and now here we are sitting, you know, you know, almost three years ago. Uh, it was the first post-launch codex. And now with the White Dwarf update, 
uh, and the onset of 3.0 and the current General's Handbook 22 season one, this army is a top contender. And, and you've definitely proven that, as I said. And I think that I think that we can inspire a lot of people with some of the lists that we're going to look at. I'm going to throw yours up on the screen first, and we're going to talk through that. Uh, to really understand uh, yourself as a top player for this army and somebody that understands this army. And, you know, granted, you and I have two different philosophies of the army, but I think you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of different ways to quote unquote, you know, skin the ungor, skin the cat. So let's, uh, let's take a look at uh, your first or actually your, the, the list that you have here. Good. Oh yeah, sure. All right. So, um, let's take a look at it. So, so, so pulling this list up right here, here we go. Let's talk this through. So obviously you got Gabe spawn on here. You just, you just brought that up. That was, uh, um, what you had there. So you got your leaders are Doom Bull, Great Bray Shaman, three three shamans. I, I love that you're going heavy magic with this thing. Uh, you got you got the Herdstone Shard, Gave Spawn. Obviously, you got to carry that. Uh, Bestigors, Bullgores, uh, Gores. Uh, let's uh, and then of course you're you're carrying the ever ever popular Crown Spined Incarnate along with your uh, your Ungors. So talk to us a little bit about this uh, about this list here. You know you know kind of uh, uh, give us the philosophy behind this. So obviously for me, speed is the big deal. So I'm actually probably for future games, I got to finish putting together the rest of these uh, Skyfires in a Zangor Shaman. I'll probably end up switching out the Bulgors just because the way I play, they're just not fast enough. Sure. So it comes up all the time where people always get the charge off on them. They got no save. I run them in the smallest unit possible. Situationally speaking, sometimes they come in handy, even though they move, they meander up the board. They do get a good charge off sometimes but for the most part speed would be i'd be way better off having skyfires launch a couple arrows getting in the combat having the ward save on them having the zangor shaman nearby causing a bunch of mayhem that would be better for me you're talking about but either the, the enlightened on disc or the actual skyfire with the actual bow the skyfire with the bow okay gotcha uh, okay interesting statistically, yeah statistically speaking they actually do a little bit more damage which is weird considering they're a missile unit but uh then the enlightened but uh from what i understand I mean, they don't. So, they don't have. They don't have bad. I mean, they're they're twenty four inch range on their bows. You're talking about fours by threes, negative one uh, rend and damage D three. So, you know, uh, that's their arrow of fate or whatever the heck it's called. Um, you know, they can fly and, and running by the shaman, they got a better shot. So. Okay, all right. I think it's three by three with the shaman nearby. So yeah, it, it, I'll probably end up using that. The like I said, the doom the doom bowl's cool to run. I put a lot of work in painting them. It came out real nice. <laughs> it's fun to have the bulgors there. Like I said, situationally speaking, but the backbone of the army is the fact that you can bring in so many bestigors. Sure. They fly across the board, and then every turn, I'm summoning another unit. So even if you wipe them, here, here they come again from board edge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing about it, I mean, bestigors, you know, your minimum unit is 10. So you're bringing on 10 of these things. And I mean, they. They they hit pretty good. There's six primordial call points I think to bring to bring a unit of ten of them on. So that's nothing. I mean, you, if you if you're averaging, let's just say without all herd, you're averaging probably what five primordial call points around. I mean, that's almost a turn two chimera if you think about it. Yeah. So they, and that's what's nice about running the gorgons. And I, I, again, same thing. I'll probably end up dropping one of them just because I have to be more judicious with the way I move them. I tend to fling them a little bit too early in the combat just because I want to get the points. And oh, then see, they I end see, up. Being, yeah. Yeah, they, they end up so a lot of people, especially because everybody's always the night like we like we discussed earlier, a lot of people are still wary from coming off the uh the monster meta. And yeah, then right. uh so they always they always want to attack monsters. 
And uh, if the gore guys get in the combat, cool, they do damage. If not, they're there to soak it up so the best of gores can get in there and really cause mayhem. So it's interesting about what you said. I want to go back to the bulgors here for a second because um, I'm I used to be a big I, I used to love bulgors. I used to run a whole army of them, but they got a seven inch move. So you're saying that 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 you, what you're obviously saying is they don't have the bray herd, you know, run and charge, and they don't get the extra, you know, uh, you know, movement if they got a bray horn, and they don't get the extra movement if they're close to a shaman. So th- so you're really saying that the seven inch move is what is what uh, compels you to probably replace them yeah, with it's, the it's just it's just too slow. Okay. It's too slow for the way I play. So it's like, again, most of the time I end up leaving them back by the herdstone just to kind of protect them. But uh, it's very rare that somebody actually can get across the board to my herdstone. Right, right. So, right. So, I mean, I, I see uh, I see that you're playing heavily in with the Twisted Wilds. You know, that's on your on your shamans right now. You know, you're playing pretty heavily into that. You know, uh, Titanic Fury is a must because you're running two Gorgons, you know. So, I mean, talk a little bit about some of that. I mean, you're getting those spells off. Um, are you, are you carrying Twisted Wilds on two of your shaman here? Um, which is pretty, pretty darn good. Um, so talk a little bit about that, you know, um, your philosophy there behind those shamans. Shamans are strictly to give the boost to the best of course. If the magic gets off right on, if they die, cool. They're probably going to turn into chaos spawn and be even better. So their attack profile is horrible. The devolve spell is great. Situationally speaking. But uh, for the most part, there they're literally just to give the extra three inches to the best of course, because that's that's what makes and breaks the whole army, in my opinion. That speed is just it, oh sure creativity and bliss building wins games, redeploy wins games, speed wins games. Yeah, so I, let me let me yeah. throw something out there to you because I want to kind of ask you this question. I mean, devolve. Let's be realistic here. I mean, I, I play shaman probably as much as you do. Well, not, not probably not as well, but I play him just as much. But I mean, it's a seven to cast, right? That's a seven, I believe. So if, if it's, a, I mean, how often, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Devolve is probably one of the best base War Scroll spells in the game. Uh, maybe next to the Great Maw in, that the Ogres have. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at something, you know, an enemy unit within 18 inches, you got to get the seven off, which is kind of a parlor trick. Um, they got to be visible to you and not within three inches of any friendly units. So, okay, fine. That's all your typical base filler of pretty much any spell like this. But that 2d6 is fantastic. Do you have, I mean... To be honest with you, a lot of times, situationally speaking, I'm not in a position to cast this, or I, or I just I get to a point where I've forgotten to cast it. How often do you really get devolve off? Truthfully, not very often. They, but the, like I said, the nice thing about Beast of Chaos is where you could coalition them into a lot of other armies. In a Zinch army, uh, running a shaman's a way better deal. It's a, uh, oh, as far as point. casting, good concerned. point. Yeah, so, for instance, you can draw, like, when they're trying to keep their heroes in that safe little bubble. Yeah, right. With Zine using that, because you can change the roles and add to their casting, you could totally destroy, like, uh, another army where they're trying to create that castle bubble. Just to, to buff their, you know, buff their units and then keep a lot of their guys alive. If you pull them out of that bubble and then into combat, because, again, you could devolve somebody into combat, which is a big deal. Yeah, right. Then, uh, yeah, that, that it ruins a lot of games for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, sure. Zine on Beast of Chaos, I don't get it off that often. It doesn't yeah. come up too often because most of the time there, like I said, I'm screaming across the board the way I play. So I'm not worried about bringing you into combat. For me, it's just about flinging my guys into combat. Right, right. And, and you know, here's the thing. I, 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 love, I love what you have here, and, and, you, and it takes a lot of guts to run it. You know, you're, you're, you're basically running two, you know, two Gorgon right here. And we're, we're not going to get into the, uh, uh, the, the, um, uh, the elemental real quick. I'm not, not, not quite, 
we're not there yet, but because I want to really focus in here on your two Gorgons uh, that you're running. Because truthfully speaking, I mean that that takes a lot of uh, a lot of guts uh, to to run two Gorgons like that, um, because they got a five plus save. You know, and I, I think I think even with the War Scroll, where you know you're you're effectively getting, um, you know, a better uh, um, a better rend, right? I mean, you're you're still at fourteen wounds with a five plus save. I mean, sure, your 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 blades are now a rend two, your maws now rend two. Uh, you got blood greed, which is you know pretty pretty nice when you wound on a six. You know you, you know so. Talk a little bit about what's, I mean, when, when you're bringing them out, you know, I mean, are you just using those things as like your shock troops? Are you putting those, are you slamming those right into enemy units? Frontline. The whole army is frontline. So, again, the point is, the to me, the multitude of attacks on the Vestigors is better. The Gorgon's very scary. So if they both get into combat at the same time, you force your opponent into a very tough decision, which is, do what do I attack? So, for instance, if I can get off a handful of good charges and I've got Vestigors and Gorgons and anything else I got in the combat, Gores, you got to make some decisions because sure. the Gorgon can do a heck of a lot of damage if it gets that Maw, especially if it's got the uh, monster spell on it to where it gets the extra attack profile. Yeah, right. And, and, and it's got, got a crazy amount of rent and it can eat big units. So, like, friends, like I said, I was playing a game earlier today where it ate one of the uh, the new uh, Sylvan F Beetles. Okay. So, which is a big deal. You know, because if they, they, they get injured, they heal. But if they get eaten, they got to eat. Well, <laughs> what I what I like about this, especially with the White Dwarf update, is their, is their monsters rampages. Because you got some choices here, right? Because you're running monsters. You've got either Primal primal Roar. Pardon me. Burped. Um, or you roar. actually have uh, that, primal what is it, roar, Feast on Flesh or Eat Flesh or whatever it is with the Gorgon. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When, when, you, can take, when you can take a melee weapon... Uh, and you can increase the rend characteristic of this model's melee weapon by one until the the end of the following combat phase. That's that's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, because now now stack that with the herdstone, right? I mean, you're you know if if you if you play your cards right, that thing can literally be a buzzsaw for whatever's in front of you. Because if you think about it, let's say now you're in turn. Let's say God forbid. I mean, the thing's probably going to not make it, but let's say one of them makes it to you know, turn three. Now, instead of negative one rend, you've got three plus one, you got four. Now you got four on the slathering maw, negative four, I mean. Um, you know, but but I, I think it's interesting that you're doubling up on the Gorgons. It's, it's kind of like you're putting yourself out there and telling your opponent, you know what's coming, get ready for it. Yeah, they, that, that's basically it. It's like, hey, here's here is a tidal wave of destruction coming your way. Everything swings and just messes up whatever it touches. Right. So it, uh, like I said, what I'm trying to do is basically force people out of their turtle formations. And even if they, the best thing for me to do is if they huddle together. Sure. Sure. So it forces them to, like I said, I, I like to make the opponent make the tough decisions. For me, it's the same battle plan. Fly up there, do some creative maneuvering with how I get in and out, try to avoid as much of an unleash hell as I can. <laughs> yeah. And just tear them apart. And then if you destroy the units, right on. I got primordial call points. I'm going to bring some more in. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's let's say if you, know, you got 150 point, 155 points invested in one of your Gorgons, 
the damn thing dies. Or as James, you know, Jmad said, all my opponents know that they just need to deal three damage to them and basically ruin their damage. Yeah, that could happen. But if they do die, let's say you drop one. Well, you're now the rest of your army is doing whatever, whatever the hell they want to do. And you got plenty of Bestigor, you got a Doom Bull, you got some pretty dangerous, you got, you know, currently your Bulgors, you got some pretty dangerous units on the table to do whatever they want to do if they want to focus fire your Gorgon. But now, if you think about it this way, okay, no problem. Ten primordial call points. You're going to have that in two battle rounds. Now you bring another one on. And so you bring it on my, the back my, line. My issue about summoning in, especially big monsters, the problem is if you're fighting a shoot, like a shooting meta army, they're going to shoot it off the board. Well, right. So, so my thing about it being there is if I put them right on the front line with the Bestigors, or even the Bestigors slightly back because they're faster, in my opinion, the Bestigors always do a lot more damage. Sure. So at least sure. from what I've seen. So if you shoot the Gorgon off the board, more power to you. As yeah. long as I can get into combat with those Bestigors, they're going to tear up whatever else you got. Yep. And so if you shoot them off the board and the Gorgon charges in with the Warherd charge, so out of four up, they get to do D3. They get to eat a unit at the end of their combat, if, depending on the wound characteristic. And then they're swinging with everything they got. I mean, they chart really fast, but uh, they're still very dangerous. And then if they wipe a unit, they heal D3. Sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you want to shoot them off the board in the beginning, which is advantageous to me then because I'm, I want to attack with the Vestigors. Right. You just got to get the Vestigors in the combat, as many of them as possible, as fast as possible. Well, you know, the, the Vestigors, they, they, they really bring... Um, well, I mean, they're, they're, I always said this and I'll probably explain this when we go through my list. So if I repeat it, forgive me, but you know, to me, Bestigors are kind of like the cavalry for the beast of chaos army. Um, you know, you run them in MSUs, you got them in, you know, 10 man units, uh, or even, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to try to do is a 20 man unit, which has been pretty successful, uh, because just because of the multitude of attacks, you know, with, with, with their ax, you know, you're getting, uh, you're getting two attacks, you, you know, fours by threes. I can generally get, you know, uh, besides the, besides, I mean, you get, you know, I can usually get about 16 of them in, into combat with, with, uh, piling in, you know, that's, that's 32 attacks, fours by threes, you know, that's, that's if they didn't charge. So there's a lot about them. You know, you get the charge. Now you're going to add one to the attack characteristics. So now they're three attacks, which you're, you're, you, you better be charging with your Bestigors. So I get it. I'm a huge fan of Bestigors myself. I mean, um, I, I, you know, the difference is, you know, not the difference. You also have it, but I, I run mine in a, in a base list as well, which that's a similarity, but you know, the four plus save is also pretty nice as well. Um, but what I like, and I want to kind of touch on this is I like how you're kind of piggybacking on the aura that the herdstone is already giving you by throwing in the, the the dirge horn i do the same thing i love that thing and now you get that thing off you put that three inches away from your your uh your shaman i mean that really if it if that that in itself will pay that that, that will pay for itself the 30 points it costs to put that in a unit you know this it's at six to cast so it's nothing it's got a range of like 12 inches um and then that aura is is coming out every three inches um that's, I mean, I love that. That's a, that's an auto include in almost all of my lists. So I wasn't running it in the tournaments I played in, but uh, in the future, I'm going, it's, it's too cheap not to take and use. So, and it, there's a lot of huge advantages to running it. So the nice thing is, cause it's real hard to get a lot of other magic off with um piece of chaos. So to throw a dirge horn out there, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a good spell. Well, sure. I mean, you, when, when anytime you can subtract one from hit rolls, you know, from, from your enemy, you know, for attacks made by units, you know, that are in that little bubble. Uh, and it grows, it goes from three to six, you know, every, every battle round, it, it gets, it gets larger. So, and, and here's the catch of it. It's each subsequent battle round. So it's yours and your opponents, yours and your opponents. That thing is growing three inches every single time. 
So, um, and it doesn't have any effect on beast of chaos units, of course. So that in itself is, is such a huge piece and for, and for, you know, six, you know, casting points, you can't, you can't beat that with a stick. Um, I'm surprised you didn't take the Taurus, but that's, we can talk about that later, but you do got the crown, crown spine in your list, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, you kind of, you kind of got me thinking about that. It's funny, you know, you see people taking the crown spine and Gargant lists or, you know, in, in, in Orc War Clan lists or, you know, things like that. Um, I think this might be the first time in a, in a Beast of Chaos list I've seen it. How does it, how did it work out for you when you played your game? It, it's a, uh, it makes a huge amount of difference. The nice thing about the way I play with, uh, the way I play Beast of Chaos is I have so much on the board and then you see the Chronos spine at the same time. I, the, the wow factor from a lot of opponents is always fun to say. They're like, that's a lot of stuff. And they look at your list. It goes on for two pages. <laughs> so, and then they're like, I can't believe this stuff is this cheap. And you got a crown of spine. It's like, Oh yeah, it, it all fits. So who, they, who do you have it, it, who do you have in, it uh, connected to? I'm sorry. Who do you have the crown spine, uh, you know, bonded to? No, I, I, I changed it up once in a while. Normally I have it attached to my general just because he's in the corner of the map. And then that way it can't accidentally go wild and attack all of my stuff. Oh, I see. Depending on, yeah, I've, I've played some games where it made sense where I attach it to the little wizard behind him just because uh, I've got some, like, a, as you see, I got three Bray Shamans. So I'll just run it off by itself. And if they kill the wizard right on, then it becomes a, um, it becomes a, a chaos bond that can boost the um, uh, incarnate. Okay. But uh that does, yeah, that that doesn't happen too often. But uh for the most part, yeah, I just bond it to the general. Cuz they like I said the nice thing about Beast of Chaos is they the way they're so fast, at least the way I've run my list, the crossbind fits in right there with it. Sure. So you like, again, I like to make the opponents make the hard decisions. You got a lot of tough calls to make. Are you going to attack the Gorgon, the Pestigors, you're going to shoot that incarnate and hope that it doesn't just rip through your army. Well, and that's and that's the real trick bag and that's what you got to do. And what I, and that's what I think overall that's one of the things I love about Beast of Chaos because your opponent doesn't have real target priority. You know, are they going to go for your Bestigors when you got Bulgors out there? Are they going to go for your Bulgors and let your Bestigors run around? And then what the hell are they going to do with that Gorgon over there? You know, there's there's a lot that they have to try to digest. And not to mention, they have to anticipate because I think everybody understands, even if they haven't played a lot against Beast of Chaos, everybody understands opponent-wise that you're going to be summoning stuff on the board and in great numbers. So with that said, um, they have to anticipate that. And so I think there's that, 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 that mental threat that's there with a lot of your opponents, that they may hold back certain things. They may not engage certain things. There's a lot that can mix with this army um, because there's, there, I, th I think in the right hands, um, well, you, you've almost proven it, that you can probably, you can probably have a 5 and 0 army here. Of course, you know, granted, that's a, a lot of luck in your, your, your last your last game of the tournament. But um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's precisely correct. And I, and that's probably what you were starting to explain when you were running your two Gorgons, correct? Yeah. They, uh, it just, it ruins the target priority because the nice thing about the Gorgons. And, and again, if they kill one right on, I'd rather just get the boom off, get them in a combat, get the boom off or the primordial roar so that they can uh, get better summoning, so that way I can bring Bestigors in the back line. Yeah, and and the greatest part about this list is is the little secret sauce piece where you got squishy characters, you know, i.e. I. your, your Bray Shaman, 
uh, you're running Gave Spawn, <laughs> right? So now, if, if you got to hold up an enemy unit, say, for another turn, that you don't want him getting in there, you know, you, you chuck old Mr. Uh, Bray Shaman into the mix, he gets killed. Next thing you know, now now you've got an, an auto, you don't have to spend any primordial call points, an auto chaos spawn, which normally would cost you 55 points or uh, whatever it is. I think it's four or six points or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, 55 if you uh, purchase it just for the army, and then it's... Uh five points to summon it something like that yeah yeah i mean and and, and they got 2d6 attacks so if you got 2d6 attacks let, let's say you bring one out on the third battle round now that's fours by fours negative two ren damage one that's All right it's I mean, not it's way better way better than the bra shaman attack profile <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right exactly right so, and I, and I, i've done that too to win games to keep the uh because i like to run the uh, hearthstone as a grand strategy protect the hearthstone oh yeah so I've, I've screened people out to where they get stuck on the hero hero turns into a chaos pawn now they're stuck again for another round. Next hero goes in, chaos spawn again. Now you're stuck for another round. So it just keeps people out away from the herdstone if need be. So so let me ask you this, and going through your list here, and this is a, this is a I, I love the philosophy behind this list, and that's maybe because I know you, I know you as a as a as a gamer. I, I you know I've I've uh, played by you, played played against you, and I and I, I kind of can understand the type of uh, type of player that you are. So. Kind of, kind of talk to me here as as we kind of finish up with your list here. Um, top four summoning. You know, you you've got you've got uh, generally, if you think about it, though, you're going to be spending between say four to six per round. Um, maybe if you save it up, you know, you bring that turn two chimera on. But what's your top four? And maybe no particular order that of that you would bring on. What would what does Bill kind of have in his back pocket? The only things I ever summon in are gores and bestigores. That's it. There's, there's no point to do anything else to me. Monsters, especially Endgame, they're for our armies. They're just too squishy. So yeah. they got they got a lot of wounds. But again, if you're playing a shooting army, it's better to get the charge off with a smaller target, and then have more of them. Yeah, like it's it's a horde army through and through that also has monsters for flavor. Right. So the monsters are good in the get go. It messes up their attack priority. Then after that, because the gores and the vestigors are so cheap especially since you can summon them in the back line and consistently the and again to me the vestigors on the charge have got to be one of the best units in the game especially after round three or during round three you're talking three ren 30 attacks on an msu with all attack three by threes that's right. that's big you, yeah. you, you're averaging and again they got to make even on their heroes let's say the hero's got a three up safe you can only all out defense one they still got two rend. They got a, let's, let's say you get the you get the average of being fifteen attacks off. Sure. At two rend, they got a five. They got to do fifteen five up saves. Sure. That's right. nasty. You're yeah. not, not going to get that with a monster. Uh, you know what I mean? You're going to get that on your small calorie unit. Right. Which is crazy to think about. So the monsters, if they stick around, right on. And if they don't, no big deal. You just keep flooding the board with more and more stuff consistently and quickly, and that's going to be way more damning to them than one monster. I like it. I like it. That's um, that's a great way to put. It. I mean, you know, it's funny. I like the simplicity, but you know, I can't even argue with that. Like, like I don't have any counter for that because your way of playing is so typical. I, and, and what I love about this conversation is, and I think BC Chaos players that are either familiar with them as a player, but or or familiar uh, as an opponent, you're going to see the two different philosophies of BC Chaos players. Bill is literally on one opposite end of the spectrum than myself. And I think both very successful ways to play the to play the game. Um, oh, dragon ogres are nasty. 
especially oh. Dragon Order mixed with monsters, dude, they're, they're destructive. They get the extra movement in the hero phase, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they do. The, the Warblade, the Warblade's nasty, but to me, do and again, dual weapons because of the re-rolling on the old book. Well, is I'll, I'll take the multitude of attacks since you already have the rend for the possibility of doing more damage. Yeah, you know, the, the problem is because of the older edition, I've modeled mine with the great weapons. Um, but, you know, depending on the game, if it's a friendly game, I might say, hey, these guys actually have double double hand weapons. But unfortunately, the list that I'm going to show you, which I'll, I'll get to it now. I mean, is that cool? Do you have anything else to say on your list? Or, or can I can Oh, I jump no, on no, mine? mine's very straightforward. No, so we're, yeah, we're your, list, your list is awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I love what I'm seeing. But mine here is... Uh, is pretty uh well, it, it's it's pretty common i mean there's not there's not a lot of uh um bells and whistles to it either but of course that's that's beast of chaos that's that's the beauty about it um i'm basically running um the different the different type of brain if you will you know um i'm actually running no herd whatsoever i'm i'm running just a straight Herd, my grand strategy is protect the herd stone i've got two dragon ogre shagoffs don't leave home without your shagoffs otherwise you'll be a jagoff um and Big facts. Big <laughs> i'm also allying in uh a slave's darkness uh demon prince and i the I, demon I, prince and beast of chaos that's that's probably one of the because again your speed on this army is so much greater than your opponents mm -hmm. to have their movement yeah and then also have their charges that, that it, it's, it's worth it to take it what is it, only 200 points something like that oh it's it, they're 210 yeah they're 210 they're yeah. nothing. So if I didn't run the Chronos Spine, I probably would run a Demon Prince as well. Yeah, I, I take the Demon Prince. I'm a big fan. I've always tried to ally. I think I think I think Beasts of Chaos do better with allies. Uh, they just for me they have. Back in the day, I used to take a, a Slave's Darkness uh, Shaman and uh, all kinds of stuff. But in this list, one of my hero choices is a Slave's Darkness Demon Prince marked in corn, corn obviously uh, for the. Uh, um, for the aura effect. And then I've got two great Bray shamans uh, running vicious strangle thorns because I like to keep one back by the herdstone, that 24 inch spell, you know, marking the terrain features is kind of a nice little beefy buff that you, your opponent falls asleep on yeah, and forgets so about. Stranglehorn, because Stranglehorn's got 24 inch range, right? Yep, it does. Yeah. yeah you pick a terrain that's, piece. That's what I mean. It's on any terrain and then within three inches, they all take D3 as long as you get it off. That's, that's yeah. a great spell. Yeah. It's, it, you know what it is? It's, it's punches and bunches. It's little henpeck things you can do to your opponent. And it's fantastic. And then, of course, my other great Bray Shaman is out there traveling with the herd, you know, throwing ten trails of atrophy uh, on on enemy units. Um, but I'm also running here two units of dragon ogres. I'm running a uh, I'm running a six man unit of dragon ogres. Obviously, I'm showing them with the war glaives because that's currently what I have um, modeled. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's I think it's salt to taste, right? It's chocolate or vanilla. Now, I, I can see the validity of getting the re rolling of the ones with the uh, with with the double hand weapons, with the paired ancient weapons, uh, but there's something to be said when you've got the war glaives because you're still getting four attacks. There's a two inch range, three, and, and the pile in. You know, if you're running them in six, you're getting four to five in. At least been my experience with the two inch hits. Threes by threes. Now you're negative two. Turn three, you're negative three. You know, uh, of course, damage one, but but to be honest with you, uh, that's never been a problem for me because it really is the multitude of of hits you or wounds you're getting in with the damage. Now, granted, I will say there probably is a way to edge out going with paired weapons. I'm not, I'm not arguing that you're getting six attacks and it, it's a good thing, but um, I have a model this way. So I, I just, I showed them that way. Um, I'm running uh gore. Well, you know what they, I, the way I'm looking at it right now, and I didn't realize that because I'm so used to playing gores, the, obviously the storm rage with the shag off nearby you and, I believe you are correct. Then you are actually better off running the right. war glaives 
for the additional rent in the the two inch range is going to make a big difference because those are on forty mil bases, right. right? Oh well, they're they're right. on the oval. I I think they're the whatever the heck they are, the fifty by one hundred or something like that. That weird oval. Yeah, they're on, right. they're on the same bases as like you know the Mornfang and the Gorgruntas and all that. They're on that same base. So. Well, and again though creatively moving them so like if you got the round bases and you got them or the ovals you got them like this and you have the one in the center there you're under that two inches right here right so they can hit and it's the same thing we were talking about it earlier you can do those triangle star formations yep like this like this yeah to where you can get all the attacks off now if you do lose a guy you might as well lose two you're gonna break cohesion but at least by doing that you get all the attacks off with a two inch glaive you're almost you're, you're better off especially since you can reroll the ones anyway with a shag off nearby yeah they said i don't use dragon ogres so that's why i wasn't familiar with it offhand but i see the point of running the war glaive yeah especially no. since you can reroll ones anyway yeah well that and that's my whole point you know, situation speaking so yeah yeah and that's my whole point and so and I, I keep i keep generally the unit of three dragon ogres you know tucked with my one of my dragon ogres and the other one is traveling somewhere close to the to the to the other unit of six again it, it's it's a balancing act right i mean your your opponent has to figure out where they want to where they want to take you with this with you know do, you know they you know they know after turn two that they're going into deep waters that this that this bray herd or this this beast of chaos army is is going to deal with you in deep waters they're going to drown you and therefore, with the gore, I take the gore with the shields because I like the four plus save. I like something that's going to be out there that's going to cause the opponent to uh, get mixed up. Now, obviously, my own gores are are there to die. They're the sacrificial lambs at the herdstone with the shaman, and and again, that's the shaman I'm 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 carrying. That's got the vicious stranglethorns uh, as the spell because he's back there tucked away by the by the herdstone. I do, I do, the, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I'm running, uh, as far as th- that's, that's what I have there. Now, obviously I'm running best too, but I'm taking the best in a big fat chunk of 20 of them. Um, because I find that, um, in kind of just testing them out, 32 inch bases, you know, being able to fight in two ranks, um, on the charge, I'm getting three attacks. I don't have a problem getting between 15 to 16 of them into combat. And what I found with the increased rend, you know, let's say you're, you know, you're getting your turn two charge off, you know, second battle round, negative two rend, when, you know, you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 30 attacks, you know, you've gotten the charge off, um, your negative two rend, I mean, you're, you're, you're mincemeating uh, pretty much whatever's in front of you. And, and, you know, nowadays I'm seeing a lot more banners. So, you know, now that we're, we're getting into that, you're seeing a lot more despoilers. So now you're adding one to hit rolls for attacks made by this Bestigor unit, right, that has 10 or more models. And in addition, you're getting to re-roll one for attacks against um, order units. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say banner. I meant to say order units. We're seeing a lot of order armies. So it's almost what, what I'm seeing now with playing Lumineth. Uh, with playing against Stormcast, with playing against, you know, even a, a recently a Cities of Sigmar game. Um you're getting three attacks on the charge, threes by threes, negative two damage one in the first and second battle round, uh, negative three by the third. And I think that that, that, that running 20 of them, um, that helps with the despoilers because that 10 or more models with that four plus save, you're going to hang around there for a while. And, and effectively speaking, that Bestigore unit becomes a really tanky tar pit um, for me. And then, of course, I've copied you, Bill. Uh, I've got the Wildfire Taurus and I got the Doom Bowl 
uh, Digihorn on there as well, because I, I like the Taurus for a lot of reasons. Um, you run the Taurus, so don't you? I've seen you run it at times. I, I do not run the Taurus, no. All right. I just started I, using the, uh, yeah, like you said, the Digihorn. But uh, for the most part, I don't really run too many endless spells. Wow, that must be all the beer hops and bong resin I have in my head. I thought for sure I saw you with the Taurus, but uh, but okay, so 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 maybe not. I mean, to me, it's a seven, like everything. It's a, it's a parlor trick. Um, but what I love about it is the thing moves. You know, you're gonna you're gonna set it up uh, six inches ahead of your caster, then it's gonna move another twelve inches. So effectively, you got eighteen inches on this thing. And what I love about this is on a two plus. You know, and, and by the way, any any unit that it passes across because it flies, and any any other unit that's within one inch of it. Now, if you Tokyo drift this thing and you get maybe two or three units within one inch of this thing, because of the oblong oval oval base um, at the end of the move on a two plus that unit suffers D three mortal wounds. So in addition, the strike last effect applies to units that are within three inches of this endless spell. So you take that coupled with the fact that now with the, with the dirge horn, they're getting negative one to their hit coupled with the you know the fact that now you've got dragon ogres with with war glaives bearing down on you you know and not to mention I've got a unit of six bulgors with great axes um, and I run them that way just because when I hit something I want it to go away and sure I know that the fours by threes can't really you know the, the, that four inch the, that four plus to hit is a terrible thing um, but I know that I'm getting negative three rend in the first and second battle round, damage three. So knowing that I can run six of them, both ranks are attacking. I don't even need to be fully ensconced or fully wrapped around the enemy to be able to just clobber the hell out of you. So that's kind of the that's basis. Awesome. That's kind of the basis of my list. I'm going to take away the innate things that other enemy armies can do: their movement, uh, maybe some of their casting. Um, and I'm going to take away the players, my opponent, hopefully my, my opponent's decision-making, you know, what are, what are, what are they going to, what do they think they're going to be able to do and maybe not do, um, within, uh, within that, that battle round or that, or that game. So what are your thoughts, man? What do you think about the list? It's the, the nice thing about the beast of chaos is the availability to run multiple different styles. And again, yours is more of a draw them in and then smash them. Mine's a run across the board smash. Right. So that's where your advantage to running more of the endless spells is, is you're usually out of that dis of the uh, the dispel range. I'm always within dispel range. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the Dirgehorn in the back because of the expanding makes sense. The Taurus doesn't make as much sense because I have a lot of trouble getting basic casts off. Like I said, I'm mostly running the shamans just to speed my units up. But with Shagoffs, especially since they have the advantage to casting and they're so durable. It makes sense for you to run the endless spells in your list, and it's it's a good list. It's fun to play, obviously play against, and uh, it's always exciting to see Beast of Chaos on the board, especially when it's not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you yeah. know, I, I, to kind of round back around my list, I know that we're kind of burning the clock off the wall here, Bill. So I really appreciate you taking some time. But uh, you got a few more minutes, don't you? Because you know, we, oh we, yeah, I got plenty of time. All right, plenty of time so um, and I appreciate it, bud. Uh, so, but but the other thing I want to bring out here, and this was something in your list with your monsters that you're running, your two Gorgons, or in my list with my Shagoths. Personally, I would say, in my opinion, uh, the Chimera and the Shagoths are probably tied for the best monsters in the in the game, as far as not in the game. I'm sorry, in, with Beast of Chaos, probably a close second would be the Gorgon. Um, but what I'll say is. With uh, with the Shagoth, what I love is the Monstrous Rampage. So let's think about this. So turn one. The, you're getting the Shagoth is such a good model. Oh, yeah. 
I run yeah, like I said, that, that I'm like I said, I'm in my list. I want to drop the and I, I I love the look of the Doom Bowls and Bulgars, but speed is key. I would rather take the Shag off or Camaro, and I'll probably end up switching everything out for the Camaro. Just because I, I do, we're working on, I'm working on getting the model right now. But the or like I said, the Z, the, the problem with Beast of Chaos, even though there's other armies that have a lot more units, there's not a lot of cohesion with those units at all the time. With Beast of Chaos, there's a lot of cohesion in all the units because the play style is very similar. Oh, sure. So you, you get run up, and even though there's not as many options as some other armies, you're like, you want to run everything. Yeah. Because it makes sense. Uh, but what I love about this, and especially with the White Dwarf update, which makes this army just maddening for your opponent, is... Turn one, and I'm not talking about all herd here, Bill. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, you know, whether we're playing your list, which is Gave Spawn, or my list, which isn't a herd at all. Turn one, you're getting a primordial call point. Then, on top of that, um, let's say you're going to slit your sl- slit some throats. You might average on a D3. Let's say you might average a five or a six. I'm usually pretty good about that. Let's say you get two or three. So now you're up to four. Then you've got your your, your primal roar. So on a on a... On a roll of a D6, on a 1, obviously nothing happens. But on a 2 through 5, you're going to receive one additional primordial call point. But on a 6, you're going to receive three primordial call points. And you can do that's that with the, your Shagoths. Or you can do it with any monster that's got the Beast of Chaos keyword. Well, the, the primordial roar, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's only for the Gorgon. So it's Gorgon uh, specific. No, 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 that's not. It's not specifically for the Gorgon. That's any, uh, that's any monster uh, that has the Beast of Chaos keyword. So this monstrous rampage that's in the White Dwarf 473, um, it it bolts, if you will, to the core rules. And I believe the core rules are 21.1. But what it basically says is a Beast of Chaos monster that you can carry out one of the monstrous rampages that are, that are in that White Dwarf instead of any of the other monstrous rampages that are in the GHB that can carry out with a monster. So your Shagoths have the monster keyword. And so it's just a monster. So any monster can do that. What you're thinking of with your Gorgon is the Feast on Flesh. That's their specific yeah. monster's oh. rampage. That's where I was off. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And, but and, yeah, the, uh, yeah, so the Primordial Roar on any monster, that's yeah. a big deal. And Bill, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm averaging five, and people don't believe me, but I'm averaging between five, four to five, guaranteeably, Primordial Call Points per round. And in my last handful of games... um. I'm averaging five around, which means that's a turn two chimera. And I got to be know, honest like, with you. For, for the points, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. I, 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 for some reason in my mind, I, you know what? I, I, what's funny is I played AFD with the wrong chart stats for uh, the uh, incarnate. So, like, I was only using one rend and two rend on the attack profiles when it's two and three. Oh, it, really? Once in a while, and I did okay. <laughs> but, you know, I was really handicapping myself, which is funny. And uh, for some reason, it, it stuff gets stuck like that. For some reason, I thought the Gorgon was the only one that could do the roar. But yeah. uh, if you're, the Shagoth can do it. So I'd probably drop one of the Gorgons and uh, start running a Shagoth just because of the extra cast. Well, they're the same points, 155 points. And you know what? They're a wizard, you know, and, and, so, and they're a tough wizard, a tough, cheap wizard. Right. If you think about all that they right. can do. And, you know, and you know what's nice about, you know, and I'll kind of answer my own question here. You know, but, to, and see, even, even brainstorming, then, kind of like you're saying, for me, it would make sense the way that I run because the, the dragon ogre gets an extra plus three during the hero phase move, right? Right. If I'm not mistaken, yep. something like that. Right. So it would be worth it for me and my list to drop the, the doom. Yeah. The bulgors and just run a shag off and dragon overs that I can't because they're going to be similarly speed to where basically I can do best of gores, 
dragon ogres, summon more vestigors. And that, yeah. that would actually play more to my style. So I'm glad that we had that we did this today because I'm probably gonna change up my plan and save myself a lot of money. You see, you see, <laughs> see what an what an old horn like me can teach to youngsters like you. You see that? See that see, Pat. Now that's why I don't make fun of you. Now I'm not judging I'm not judging Steve and some other guys for making fun of you. That's that's not here or there. That's them. You know, you Steve can play those flying crabs all he wants. But for me, that's why I appreciate these conversations because uh, bouncing ideas back and forth makes the uh, makes the game a lot more fun. That's what it is. And, you know, so for me, you know, my top three that I would say as far as summoning for Beast Academy, this is one man's opinion here. This is one old goat's opinion. I'm going to say number one is going to be a Chimera. I love the fact that that a Chimera is typically oh, that, that thrice 200 four, points. The fold Savagery. The, oh, yeah. What is it? What is it a 14-inch, 16-inch? 14-inch, one attack. Yeah, 14-inch, one attack. And all she got to do is you got to roll uh, uh, nothing. So basically, it's a fiery breath. So instead of in, instead of what fiery you're, breath is great, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's D six mortal wounds. You know, obviously on full health, that's brutal. And the funny thing about it is, it's fourteen inches. So you you bring them on six inches off the table edge, nine inches away from enemy units, they're blazing something, and they have to deal with it. So to me, my winner winner chicken dinner. My number one thing I try to I try to try to bring on is a turn two chimera. From there, I like doubling up on my Ungor Raiders. So I like bringing on Ungor Raiders in units of, of two units of 10 or either one big fat unit of 20. That's eight primordial call points. That's all it is. They're four apiece. Um, probably my third, and I like, I like these, these big clunky bastards because they can re-roll their charges, is the Tuscor Chariots. I will try to bring one on for three. I said four earlier, and J-Mad corrected me. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I'm, I'd like to bring one on for three primordial call points if I if I can, or two for six, and run them in a in a in a pair because you can run up to two in a unit, and then all of a sudden it's like whatever your opponent wanted to do to get to your herd stone or get to you or get to a vital unit, they literally have to go through a uh, a chariot. And what what's great about these chariots? They're a four plus save. They got six wounds. <laughs> so. And, you know, the thing is, their attack profile isn't isn't that bad because they got a Bestigor on them. So their forest by threes, two attacks, negative two rend. They got a spear by an Ungor that's driving the damn thing. That's forest by fours, negative one rend, damage one, because obviously they're getting that, that bonus uh, rend. And then you, you got the freaking uh, Razor Gore that's on that thing. Um, and that's negative one rend, forest by threes, four attacks. So that that literal chariot, is going to stay there all day long. I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I think the chariot is, is is my second place, but but hands down, my chimera is what I try to bring on the board, uh, just because you know it's a, it's great fun value, and it's a good way to prove to your opponent that you're a real asshole. I guess that's a good way to do it too. <laughs> that's the best way to play. When that guy looks at you, he goes, you dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to play. And, you know, what I love about our lists, Bill, honestly, and, and, you know, to kind of go back and forth, to kind of, you know, put them up on the screen here, you know, your list here, your Gave Spawn list, with the multitude of Bestigors, the Gore, the Young Gores that you have, really, that's that's your true herd right there. What I love about our two lists is that we're literally looking at Beast of Chaos in a successful light, obviously you more than myself, but from two different philosophies of how the game is played. What? The true child of chaos, and and that's honestly what uh, what I what I think is what I think is great about it. Um, but um, oh, it sounds like you got a little ungor there with you. I got a little ungor in training. There you go, there you go. Well, well, then we will wrap this up, man, because uh, honestly, um, 
this has been a great conversation, man. And I know that uh, we're, we're kind oh, of coming. Conversation. Like I said, I, I appreciate it. Cause now I gotta, I'm going to probably rework my list. And like I said, I, it's one of the weird things for me specifically is I get lost sometimes and where it's, it's locked in my mind in the wrong way, which is I thought the primordial roar was Gorgon specific. Yeah. I don't know why I could reread it a dozen times until somebody like yourself says it. And then it suddenly clicks correctly. That's no, I mean, honestly, and then I, to, to change that out, run a shag off, get rid of the doom bull mm-hmm. and the bulldogs and just run dragon ogres. That would be the, you'll be, be uh, you'll be cooking with gas if you do that, bud, but, but you got time for a uh, closing thoughts. Oh, absolutely. All right, here it is, man. Closing thoughts, our guest. It's to you, bud. I It, it cut out there for the last second. What was the, uh, what you, was, uh, you, what got, you got your closing thoughts right here, man. Oh, man. It's, like I said, I, I started out as a cities player. I love Beast of Chaos. I've been playing the Night Haunt lately, but the army's in such a good place right now. That's, that's why I got to run it for the tournaments. It's just, I love the speed of the army. I love the back, even though it's a minimal on the lore, I love the background in it. I just hope if they ever do do an update for us and we do do get a new book, that we get a cool name character like they bring Morgur back. I mean, if you if you look at the Order Armies, they have all their heroes. They have all their gods and monsters they can play with. If we got Morgur, that would be awesome. I mean, because even in fantasy, that we was a killer model. You just literally brought a tear to my eye, man, thinking about all those... Uh all those great days with all those, uh, those awesome, uh, units. But, uh, but Bill, thank you very much for being back with us, man. You got to come back and we definitely got to uh, get some more games in and we got to build that herd, man. We got to start despoiling all those, uh, the hopes and dreams of all those other, uh, opponents of ours out there. Man, that That's the objective. Get some, uh, some five and some four one wins and some more bigger tournaments and let's, the rock and roll from there. Let's do it. Well, folks, uh, I want to thank you all very much for, uh, for being with us tonight here on uh, Grimdark Live. And, and, uh, we'll be back next week for some more, uh, monotony and some more fun. So, uh, please don't forget to join us next week. And until we meet again, remember, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a short pants. Good night, everyone. Here, here. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. short pants.